ahead and speak. I want to make sure you're coming in on the. On the Hello. Uh, go ahead again. Hello, Mr. Wagner. Yeah. Okay. Good. Abigor. Turn that phone off. Oh, I, I actually have something. Yeah. Let me um get my <laughs> phone. There you go. I heard that. All right. I I heard that shit. <laughs> I die. I heard that. <laughs> I so it's funny. Like so, you talk about watermelon. I actually have something to say in regard to the band name. Uh, that links to watermelon no oh <laughs> no just when you go, when you go live it, what a ridiculous no. jump i tried to make there that, i i love it and i i love you know, like your sense of possibility now I, well I, you know i'm yeah they're nothing if not an optimistic band yeah <laughs> so optimistic in springtime oh it is man dash of salt and boy you're in heaven you know hell yeah yeah <laughs> Okay. Uh, is it is it, it like a sulfur demon or something? So, uh, boy, I think we should know that. I, I looked at metal archives didn't have that. So, I mean, that, that, I should, do, I actually, that should never um, be the I depth actually, of our research. But oh, oh, man, I actually, um, a while ago, I got pretty into like when I really got into Abigor. Yeah. You I did a lot, lot of research of the on the, the demon. Yeah. Okay. Oh, on a second. Because he, Abigor is in, well, Abigor is in the, he's a named demon in the um, uh, Lesser Key of Solomon. He wanted the Goetic demons. Yeah, yeah, well, that one. Yeah. Yeah, let's see. Hold on oh, my one. God. What? Somehow I ended up on, oh, this is, <laughs> I got to send you this, dude. Uh, here, let me take a picture. <laughs> I ended up on a Mario Wiki dot com slash abigor and then it says abigor is a demonic creature resembling a goat and having black wings that appears only in the club nintendo comic super mario and dinoc de Grons. he is a friend of wario's and claims to be the middleman of hell yep so then it, think, yep. then it has to, <laughs> then it has this image this is i swear to god this is the most research i've done on the abigor demon right here <laughs> <laughs> making plans i like <laughs> dude anyway jesus <laughs> the depths <laughs> oh wow oh, oh wow that's definitely abigor isn't that great making plans yeah dude, that's awesome <laughs> dude i bet chris knows an awful lot about that yeah i don't know what wario is i, I but it's and it had that yeah, german, yeah, Wario, that german so wario thing is so. a character on uh mario kart okay yeah hmm. Mm. Which I played so, before and had no idea that there was a link to Abigor somehow. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to get too too into this. I like my um yeah, because you know, I'm not like a demonologist or anything. So well, hello freaks, and welcome to Radical Research. You have just listened to like eight minutes of us babbling prior to our show, and we're just gonna we're just gonna start that way. So anybody who suffered through that, we were looking up the uh the demon abigor to sharpen our knowledge and found all of that you've done some a little bit of study on the abigor demon when you were in a fate in an abigor phase correct we will we will speak on that soon before we get started uh with radical research episode is this 85 it is 85 it is 85 boy oh boy mm. i know we're getting old man yeah we didn't get our uh, aarp magazine <coughs> turning 50 
tell you. Speaking Fred, of turning 50, yeah, I, I got to talk about some watermelon stuff here. Let's get some watermelon news get, out of the okay, way. Okay, let's get the watermelon news out of the way. I texted you frantically earlier today because I'm 53 years old. Thankfully, people tell me I look a little bit younger, but uh, that, that's, you certainly look younger than that. That's a lot of years. And I went this many years without knowing how mind blowing and just absolutely like life affirming salted watermelon is it's so wonderful it's just so and i'm not a melon guy i hate all the melons except watermelon and i've never been a big watermelon eater i hate, I hate that, all the melons i do I, I hate all the melons except watermelon watermelon's palatable to me but i'm not like a huge fan do you know what i mean like I, of course mm -hmm. i mean it through throughout through my lifetime like most of the rest of us but salting it is something i knew of through cycling because there's like certain energy gels and one of them had like a salted watermelon flavor i bought a couple once and i liked the flavor a ton and i thought oh that must be a thing salting watermelon i didn't know about it you know what i mean it is i'd gone through this this that many years i was probably 48 at that time and then i tried it today and um good god good lord almighty that's the, the only way that my mom eats watermelon well yeah you you'd mentioned that. And what about what do you think of it as a as a gastronomic expert I actually Astronomy prefer uh, uh, pre uh, gastronaut. Um, gastronaut. I actually prefer. Like, I mean, when you get when you get hold of a really, really, truly ripe watermelon. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm I'm like really committed to like. I don't fuck around without a seasoned watermelon. I mean, it's really <laughs> just kind of a like like july thing okay um, I, I, pre I prefer it in its unadorned state but but i do like it salt i will have it so yeah, you've I, had I really it salted do. and you understand that and i like it a lot yes i it like it a lot it transforms it quite a bit i think it does okay it does. so for me watermelon was probably my the only melon i could handle because it, the the flavor was much more mild uh, you know and i and i eat a lot of crazy flavors i like you know spice well, you know sure you know, yeah yeah, how, yeah. How we, with melons it's just it was always like i don't know i just can't handle the flavor of like a muscle my um uh, my grandmother a... loved ripe cantaloupe with black pepper oh wow see cantaloupe i just think is disgusting oh man yeah it's it's not for everybody do you like it oh uh, if it's yeah if it's really ripe i do okay well Salt I do not. I do not like honeydew at all. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It, it looks a lot better than it is. <laughs> but I've said that before. Oh, oh. Boy, oh man. Um. So anyway, this is fun. We're uh, we haven't recorded since you were here. Uh, I miss you. We had a great time when you were here. Uh, we packed it in. Uh, and I'm really happy to see that a lot of our listeners put uh, Gigan or Gigan, however you want to say it. Uh, Eric Hersman confirmed that you say Gigan uh, when I emailed okay, him. Okay, awesome. Yeah. We were right. We were right. And it's right, not right. actually, Gigan was not uh, based on the monster that came into the whole Godzilla universe oh. uh, in the 60s or 70s. It's about the uh, the order of the eye is really more um, where that term comes in. And uh, I won't get into it here, but anyway. Um, okay. What I was going to say was, I'm glad to see a lot of people posting playlists when we post them on Facebook, listening to a lot of Gigan. So I, I hope that we had something to do with that. We love yeah. Gigan, and uh, thanks for listening. Let's let's move on. I, I need to talk to you about 
Abigor. That's what we're here talking about tonight. And I know we had a listener that requested this. And of course, it's easy to go. Okay. The, uh, yeah, the great uh, Paul Stolp. The great Paul Stolp. Thank you, Paul, for being you and being one of us and uh, being a kindred spirit. Uh, but he sort of requested it. You came to me. I, we were like, of course. I have a very, very different entry to Abigor than almost everything else we've ever covered. There are things I get into much later than when they come out or things I ignored. You and I have talked about our experiences with that as listeners. Uh, you get into something that forever you just kind of dismissed or just didn't think much of. And that was Abigor for me. Like I never really latched on. It was very, very focused on Norway at the time, uh, musically. And um, like they just never, like, and they were on Napalm, which to me is always a hit or miss pro <laughs> proposition. Uh, it used to be a, you know, like Napalm when like, like titty era napalm kind yeah, of ruined yeah. it like yes it, napalm was a much better label than it's remembered for being oh, I, I don't i don't mean to give them yeah. any crap i mean they're no uh, well it, but no no i have the same sort of associative trauma that you do <laughs> okay and i that would imagine a lot of people do with yeah. you know with yeah. but like the tristania kind of thing or whatever but sure Sure. Um, Sins of thy beloved. Uh, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> or, or whatever. Anyway, um, so it was only like seven or eight years ago, maybe. Gosh, maybe less that you started kind of having Abigor a lot in your, your playlist that you and I would just bat back and forth privately. Mm -hmm. And I always was like, oh, okay. And then you kept having it on there and kept having it on there. And then um, you told me, uh, you, you kind of told me about their hiatus and then how they came back and how they sounded quite different than the previous stuff like the approach was quite different still black metal still satanic still a lot of things so i decided to go for it and i went for it through fractal possession and i want to thank you and i want you to talk about the more important thing here which is like how you've been into abigor a long long time yeah so i i actually got into abigor with orc blute the last alicia morgan mike williams curated uh Maniacs, they conscripted Mark Solitroff, who had a um, fanzine called The Rape of Angels, to do this basically like a black metal, dark music column. And he featured Abigor and talked about Org Blute, and he also featured um, Summoning their first record uh Luke Burris, which I don't like much at all. I, and, and I like and I like summoning quite a bit. And of course um, let's 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 stop here and just inform people because we can't assume everybody knows about Abigor. I'm still learning. Uh yep. they're from Austria and they share a, a very important member, Silenius, uh yep. with summoning. Summoning is uh Silenius's main project and TT and was it PK uh yep. are the main guys in yep. in Abigor and they use Silenius more often than not the not as their vocalist and um yeah there you go so go, go ahead i just wanted to kind of so yeah i i got into and i was you know at that time i was just really really immersed in black metal and 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 branching out beyond norway and and looking at you know black metal sort of glow i wouldn't say globally i mean i guess it was all still european but getting into like you know, Polish and Greek and 
other black men. I was looking outside of just the Norwegian second wave. Yeah. And um and then yeah, and um got into missed uh opus four initially, but then got into Supreme Immortal Art and um channeling the quintessence. Then went back to Opus Four, which is one of my favorite Abigore records, really. Mine too. Um, yeah, and then they, you know, they they did. They took a, I mean, they did a few things in the early two thousands, but they took a pretty big break, and I just kind of missed them for a while. And then I think in like 20, 2009 or so, I got Fractal Possession, which came out in two thousand and seven, and um, it, it, by that point, I was you know well into Death Spell and some of the uh, you know the mutations of black metal that had occurred since the second wave and it, it just blew me away yeah yeah I, and in fact i mean anyone that knows abigor and I, I guess we'll illustrate this tonight like you wouldn't recognize it as the same band really. i don't think so yeah i mean and, and having that, that been my first one then going back uh and kind of got with the older stuff, that first phase, what I expected, but also um, it was a lot better than I, I don't know why I just didn't think they would be any good, but uh, yeah, certainly a lot better than I expected. Um, and, and I love it. I have a hard time reconciling that it's the same Abigor. I think with successive albums, you know, time is the sulfur and late motif Lucifer, you can hear it a little more. And certainly with the last two albums, which we're not uh, for whatever reason, we're not going to cover tonight. We just have limited uh, snippets here that we're going to do. Um, they have a the, pretty broad discography. Too. They do I have mean, a broad discography. Yeah. And they've been going back to something that might sound a little bit more like phase one Abigor now, but still, still searching. And, and I don't know that they've released an album that's, um, that that's too much like the previous or the successor you know what i mean like they keep no i don't I, yeah shifting I, I, I definitely think that they've gone back to something that's more explicitly black metal but i don't think they've ever done a, a genuine retread yeah, yeah yeah there are there are parts of time is the sulfur their 2010 album maybe my favorite abigor period uh, there are times on that one where uh, i hear probably the most radical abigor will hear let, we'll get to that we'll play it for me, it's their declar grand declaration of war. Mm. But let's start with uh, 2014's late motif, Lucifer. It's basically a kind of a unified record based on these these things they call temptations, and this is I mean, this is an extension of the you know, the sound that they started developing on on Fractal and on time but it, it to me this album is a bit looser a bit more organic and a bit more explicitly uh, blasphemous i don't think it's as decorated um, as the it's other got, two it's not but it, it's yeah but it's it's got a lot of fury in it oh sure yeah, that, yeah. well i guess that that's to my point about it being a, a bit looser it sounds a little bit more like a live band yeah, um, okay. The the others are extremely um studio crafted. <laughs> well, Time is the Sulfur in the Veins of the Saint. That's the full title of that album. Uh that thing sounds like it was recorded in 30 second increments. <laughs> like it pro but it probably <laughs> was. And, you know, and, like, and start, we stop, should start, probably stop. mention this here. They have never been a live band. Never. Yeah. And and so I think when they uh, resurfaced and they got into this new iteration they really took advantage of the fact that they that their um their music and their art 
is not subject to any kind of verisimilitude. It, yeah. it can be whatever they want to. And I, I think now, and, and dude, you are right on the money. That album sounds like they just, I mean, in, in the best possible way, yeah. recorded yeah. that thing in increments. We'll, we'll get to that. First, we're going to start with Stasis Temptation 2 from Late Motif Lucifer. So yeah, that's a that's a piece from Late Motif Lucifer, the newest Abigor we're going to listen to in this little time traveling survey. I want to say I don't know what version you have of that one, but I have this like um, A5 size book version of mm-hmm. this album, and it's beautiful. And it it's a really great example of how this band I think always had a really tangible and um, unusual artistic sense that was very defining for them always different, but I, I, but I really like their, their graphics throughout. I mean, there are a couple uncomfortable photos in the early days that are a little silly, but um, <laughs> yeah, you laugh. You've seen Well, that. well, yeah. Was, I mean, that's part and parcel of, uh, you sure. know, yeah. Early nineties, black metal. Yeah. Truly um, just love, love their packaging generally. Uh, Opus wanna, four, man. Love the yeah. cover. I, I love oh. both covers. It kind of has two. I covers. love both covers too, but I really, really, really love the cosmic cover. Oh yeah. Okay. I had, I, w- I always think of the chair 
Yeah, uh, which I but, which I also love. But. I love it, but the Cosmic cover is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, we're going to go back to the early days. This is 1993. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Or 94. 94. They 94. formed in 93, put out a series of demos, really prolific, actually, uh, in 93 and 94. And um, then the first album, Verwestung, Ver- Verwestung, Invoke the Dark Age, a slashed title. And I have to admit, I don't, I'm not familiar with this one. I still am not. Uh, you've known this one for a long time. Really? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, See, I've known yeah, I haven't for gotten everything. Yeah, ages. And I, this is... Yeah. And, um, and, and our um, dear friend, Tom Haley, um, yeah. made a bold claim that he he holds this to the same standard as in the night set eclipse. Wow, that's a... But it is, I mean, it is a genuinely elite second wave black metal record. And, like, and again, way, way too mature for a band of its age at the time. Please send your donations to radicalresearchpodcast at gmail.com. That's our PayPal ID. I need to get an original copy of that based on your review just there. Okay. Um, the vinyl reissue is pretty nice too. And if we can get fans to pay for that, because, you know, yes. what, what I mean, hey, hey, built look, them for all their work. Yeah. Hey, look, we're, we're at least more transparent than politicians. Sure. Hey, we're man, telling we're, you, we're like, up we, front. we want yeah. your money so that we can buy fetish objects. Sure. Um, I need, I mean, obviously, I let's see. I need an original copy of the stillborn record. Uh Necro Spirituals. Um, yep. Okay, um, send in your see. money. Send in your money to radical research podcast at gmail.com. Yep. That's our what PayPal is, ID. I'm trying to think what else I need. <laughs> oh, that um that Anubi record. Somebody's going uh, shopping. The Kai, we both need that. Somebody's going shopping. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, please send your money. <laughs> think think of think of all we've done for you. You think we'll ever get like Soundhouse tapes, original pressing um, <laughs> money, money from our, our our friends out there? Probably not. Probably not. And if so, like you'll have it one month, I'll have it the next month. We'll just kind of like treat it like a child. Yeah, we'll volley it back and forth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here's Eye to Eye at Armageddon from the very first Abigail album. <laughs>
Man, that last sort of change there that we hear is so surprising. It, it just kind of steps on the gas pedal even further. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Like it just oh, yeah. happened about 10 seconds yeah. prior to the end of that snippet. Uh, that is fantastic. And the other thing about that, not having heard it uh, before, is it re- does remind me of their incredible grasp of melody where oh yeah kind of on that Naughton's Madrigal Oliver mm. level where it's not the first thing your ear ever goes to there's a lot there's a lot of bombast and, and noise and um you know I, to me the vocals always kind of do catch me they're just so convincing but their melody you know as soon as you start listening this band a little more off the surface they they do feel so much more melodic than i think they do at first also um they have a real knack for kind of covering all the signifiers that we like sure. in black metal which is one very cosmic two yeah it's it's very for lack of a better word evil sounding mm-hmm. um three it does have an if not an experimental edge this aesthetic that black metal started out with um and that that kind of primal experimentalism that that they do uh, mm-hmm. throughout their catalog it's just um they cover kind of all these bases they really do they i mean they are kind of a quintessential black metal band in that sense we're going to move back to phase two of abagor as we call it time is the sulfur in the veins of the saint now you probably got this shortly after it came out based on your discovery or rediscovery of them with fractal mm-hmm. possession what were your thoughts on it at the time and, and now? Oh, I really just, I, like, I, I honestly, I didn't think they could really push things any farther than they did on Fractal Possession, and <laughs> I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because they really, really did. This is a complete just studio masterpiece. This is a laboratory. This is like a satanic laboratory experiment. That's one of the ways I might describe Mayhem's Grand Declaration of War, mm-hmm. which I feel like, and, and knowing this band have been vocally Norwegophiles, you know, they really are reverent as they should be of, of that wave in the 90s. And this to me has a bit of that stop start, cold tech, <laughs> futuristic, completely unhindered creatively and divisive so this is sulfur as well part one is almost 20 minutes part two is almost 18 well it's about 18 and a half minutes and we're going to play snippets from each part
dude. <laughs> you, you tripping? I don't even. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> well, I, 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 I don't know of any other metal that has approached the guitar abstractions that we heard on part one. Yeah, certainly. Boy, how to how to frame it? It's 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 weird. It's a, you know I can I can think of things that are in the in the ballpark. Yeah, same sport, but uh, but not yeah, not exactly same position. It's crazy. I would also like, like to like take. Fr- it's like Fripp meets Dillinger Escape Plan through the the horrid necro black metal blender. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. I just don't know. I mean, it, it's somewhere there. Um, yeah. What yeah. about you? Take a stab. That sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> um. And you know, I you know, I'm 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 a fan of uh you know Dillinger up to um Ironworks. Yeah. And yeah. and and I feel like I neglect to talk about them very much on this episode and especially in terms of their guitar history. Um but yeah, it, yeah, and maybe um and maybe like human remains. Oh sure. As well. Yeah. But I mean, even still, like like you said, you know, you're talking about ballpark, but there's nothing quite like it. Also, would like to take this time to say that TT uh, Thomas Tannenberger is, I, I in my estimation, one of the greatest metal drummers of all time. Oh wow! Okay, you that so you rate him? Uh, yeah, unbelievable. I think he's amazing. I didn't know you rated him that highly. Oh, oh, I do. No, but- like insanely high. I wouldn't argue with you about that either. Uh, yeah, let's talk about these guys. Actually, we haven't really too much. Um, it's like we said earlier. It's um, the core is two guys: Thomas Tannenberger, aka TT, as he's known on the albums and henceforth. We'll probably refer to him that way. Uh, and then Peter Kubik is uh, or Kubik is uh, PK. Same deal. And then they had Silenius from Summoning. We mentioned that earlier too. Most of the first phase, he's he did some singing. There was another guy named Teresa's T H U uh, R. ISAZ uh, did vocals on some of the phase one stuff, channeling and uh, Satanized. And then Silenius came back for what? Late motif L- Lucifer and till the present, right? Yes. Yeah. And then a guy named Arthur Rosar on fractal possession and the stuff you just heard time is the sulfur in the veins of the saint, but let's move on. Let's go back again to uh, something earlier from Noctimnon from the twilight kingdom, uh, a song called as astral images, darken reality. This is a great pick by you. Yeah, Uh, it's one of my favorite Abigail records. Yeah, this was the first black metal one I think I heard along with Opus 4. And um, they were both pretty different seeming when I got them around the same time. This one, I like a good bit. I think it does borrow quite a bit from Nightside. And I think Tom Haley's right on with the, at least the comparison to Nightside. Mm. I think think Mm -hmm. they're they're in the same ballpark. Um, A lot of baseball references. This one, I think there are some definite Swedish leanings on this album too swedish black melody or even swedish gothenburg kind of stuff interesting this album i think so well and then they and then they are being abagor and being melodic even though we don't think of them as a melodic band that their their grasp on melody and and the vast emotions that they were able to convey this is one of the main hallmarks of this band for me yep
to say. That's a blazer. That is a yes. <laughs> not, not a jacket, not a suit jacket, but a uh... <laughs> <laughs> right. An astral blazer. I hear early at the gates and dissection. So, man, I, I and I never made those parallels before in my experience with this album. But when you mentioned it and we went into it, it's dead on. Liars I even and hear Liars some and Eucharist in there. Eucharist, absolutely. Dude, absolutely. That's interesting. That's really interesting. I wonder if they hate us for that. <laughs> they seem like fairly militant guys, not in any kind of white power way, but certainly they are pretty tight with some of their musical beliefs. Um, but I will say that uh, TT, TT, I know, is a huge Stephen Wilson fan. Oh, really? Yeah. Good man. Okay. Well, cool. So I, 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 As I, you should I, be. I, I, yeah, I don't know if they would be comfortable with us comparing them to Gothenburg bands, but I, I do think that they, um, maybe they, you know, stray. Well, that, that, I, I mean, I, I assume they were, there's some prog rock stuff I hear throughout where I'm like, yeah, they would probably into like triumvirate and, you know, just any number of yeah. sort of second rate, but still pretty great prog bands. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I remember reading an interview with them in Bardo Methodology, a fairly, you know, recent interview. And uh, they seem fairly militant in their, uh, views on black metal and and what's true, what's not, what it means. I, I think in the early days, they were the kind of guys that were some level of violent toward people wearing the wrong shirt at the wrong, at the right show. You know what I mean? Like, right, right. <laughs> that kind of bullshit. Anyway, we can't make any easy porcupine tree comparisons though here. So uh, <laughs> no. there, his love of Wilson, notwithstanding, uh, and we love him too. Going to have to pass on that. I don't hear any, any influence at all. <laughs> we're going to move to well the one that definitely got me into him and the one that can we say reignited your interest uh fractal possession mm. cold void choir is a great pick because it reminds me of and i remember telling you this when i first got into the album this is how i wish satiricon would have gone after rebel extravaganza yep yep and Same. yeah so let's listen to cold void choir and um yeah enjoy this this is i love this this is this is a favorite of mine Shit's hot. Shit is shit is shit hot. Yes, 
never realized how much Voivod was there it like in the last few passages that we heard yeah i think guitar wise uh, and vocally yeah i mean makes sense it does I mean, it does it's something i heard when i got into this and i thought well no wonder you recommended it so highly to me you, you basically forced me into this one and um, <laughs> i think you did like you well, like, like not a, what's best for you yeah same for you and um, i i had a feeling that this would be the one to get you into them it's a perfect entry yeah it, it, it's perfect that's what she L- said love the hey man it's got i want it weirder than that man keep keep that's what she said jokes weird <laughs> that's our new shirt <laughs> anyway order the fate's warning book fate's warning book.com <laughs> fuck it we do our own advertisements <laughs> i think we're gonna sell some abigail records tonight i i really do yeah so we sold some guy again <laughs> yeah great stuff i mean we could play way more uh this is a top-notch record uh, get it we're gonna move to the probably my favorite of the first phase so we've got mm. fractal possession uh, is that your favorite of the second phase still yeah it is i think you said that okay uh, i mean I, I i love uh time but of course on on balance yeah fractal's my favorite yeah i can't decide but um they're both pretty goddamn amazing um we're gonna move to opus four from 1996 Mm. this is uh this is a pretty incredible record we have two selections for this one mirages for the eyes of the blind and the elder god and in parentheses my dragon magic that's right my dragon magic yep tell us about um your dragon magic right to um, us radical research podcast (laughs) at gmail.com
that rips ass. It does rip ass. That's almost certainly my favorite from the first phase too. Album. Uh, Opus four. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I, I absolutely adore it. I'll take your word for it. I'll le- I lean that way, but I don't, you know, like I said, I, I have three of those. Uh, I don't have the, what we'll call the EP orc blute, mm. uh, but we're going to call it. I don't uh, think that, um, Opus that two. Ver- yeah, I don't think that reverse strong or orc blute as great as they are. will change your mind. What about now? Have you gone into like, cause I, I know that Satanize gets bad reviews generally. Have you checked that one out? Actually, I, I don't know that one. Okay, that's the only one that neither one of us know. Because it's the, it's um, the because one it, right before the hiatus, and it's just generally doesn't get. Reviewed. And that's why I never checked it out. Yeah, interesting. Okay, it makes Which me want to. Which is, I, I feel sort of guilty about that because I don't normally let that deter me, but. Right. Yeah, it it, it is pretty much universally panned. We tend to not let those things slide around here, but you know what? We're human. Yeah. Hey, look, we're get, we're just human people as if anybody thought any anything other than that <laughs> um <laughs> let's move to that's that's just great stuff and if you have the cd you know use the uh, the cosmic cover the cosmic reaper because i'm gonna have to agree with you that one eclipses the the chair which is also amazing so it is uh, and speaking of great art i love the packaging and the artwork of supreme immortal art which came out in 1998 uh we're gonna listen to a couple from that album and this one i got this was the third and final in my education so far of phase one. And I, I, I loved it immediately. It's cha- I would consider channeling part of phase one. No channeling is phase one. I just don't know. Oh, we, oh, oh yeah. okay. I'm sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. I should, I should, I should mention that um, channeling, which I know is considered highly necessary one day again, you know, everybody's got the PayPal ID now help us out. These original pressings on Napalm are not are not cheap. We are, we have been shameless tonight. Oh, I know. Well, you know. Yeah. I mean, um, and, yeah, but yeah, I agreed to original pressings. Um, I'm so, glad I got them back when I did. And you know, speaking of art, we're talking about Opus Four's great art and fractal possession and and all that. I love the artwork. I love everything about the aesthetics of Supreme Immortal Art. Mm. Um, and I think if I'm talking aesthetics, I'm almost talking about the production as well, because it's one of the most, str- it's probably the most strangely recorded Abigor, right? It just. Oh, oh yeah. It's, it's like, yeah. Like cocaine in a blizzard. <laughs> it's a haze. It's it a it haze is one of the strangest, most over. And yeah. Like listening to it on a, on a hi-fi. Yeah, it, oh, it really is. It's kind of overwhelming. Listening to it on a hi-fi, and I do, uh, is almost a perverse activity. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't it just doesn't. But it. But I. But that's the thing. I would say you know it, it certainly does better than like I've I've uh, once I got into hi-fi, I realized that early metal massacre comps. Um, boy, none of those sound great. And I love <laughs> I love I love I love me some raw metal. Um, sure. But some of the flaws in that come out so so big time in a hi-fi. Yeah. I would say that like this is up there with Ordo Ad KO in terms of like just idiosyncrasy. The suffocating fog. And and I think the nature of the compositions, I think that's the thing too. They changed their approach a little bit with this mm. and went <laughs> uh well, it's befuddling. It's it's um <laughs> it's a little bit difficult to piece out, you know, to puzzle out at first. It is. Um, they, they, I don't know what they were snorting or smoking, but it was, it's pretty incredible stuff. We're going to listen to two songs from Supreme Immortal Art. 
love the haughty title but fuck it it's black metal <laughs> the first song uh, we're gonna listen to is uh, eclipse my heart crown me king one of those annoying song titles with a comma in it not a fan you, you how do you your, feel about yeah. commas uh i i can live with a comma right. every now and then there's an exception i mean i don't know but speaking I mean, of first of all like the, the, you know the the gall that it would take to call a song eclipse my heart crown me king and be serious about it <laughs> you know I, I don't know that a comma is really our big, yeah. biggest concern here so yeah i, I guess yeah. That's, that's not that should be our biggest <laughs> issue and then one of my favorite song titles in all of black metal history magic glass monument some prog band from the 70s in, in sort of Topeka or, or Oklahoma <laughs> yeah. missed the boat on that. That's a beautiful, <laughs> I love that. Magic Glass Monument.
it could be my favorite Abigor song. I, I've always really liked it since I got this album. I thought it was a standout on this album, but it sort of does something that the older stuff doesn't do, which is like point to the to the later phase. Mm. I, and I never realized that until listening to it in this truncated format. Did you hear that at all? Yeah, there's a definitely uh, an approach to dissonance in the guitar department that points the way toward the future and that sort of like smeared um sliding uh, approach that you hear especially on um on time yeah oh, um yeah, yeah I, I think that it, it is a foreshadowing i i, I agree it, it wasn't until we did this and sort of isolated these little parts of these songs that um that i heard that either i think um, like too like i i usually when i listen to this i'm I'm so immersed in the the production of it and the overall effect that yeah. I probably miss some of the details inside of the music. Yeah. Well, I think it's like the band Portal. The more you listen, the more you're going to hear. It's it's yeah. it's it's limitless almost at least so far in my experience with with that band and with Abigor in terms of that's you know something on the level of Magic Glass Monument, which is right. just really top tier Abigor. It just checks off all the boxes. It, it kind of does everything that I like about this band. Probably the one I'd give to somebody who said, "Show me Abigor." There it is. We're going to move to channeling the quintessence of Satan. Why you'd want to channel any other type of element of Satan's being, I don't know. I mean, I guess if you're going to try to channel it, you might, you as, might well, as well just go to the quintessence. You might as well go to the big Q. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> So I love this song title. Equal oh, I love this song title, man. This is one of my favorite song titles, I think. Equilibrium Pass By. Don't know what it means. Yeah, but it's, it's, well, it's, it's, it's really intriguing. Yeah. Pass By, not past, but yeah. Equilibrium Pass By, B-Y. Interesting. Channeling the Quintessence of Satan, 1999. Another shift. <laughs>
Equilibrium passed by from 1999's Channeling the Quintessence of Satan. See, this is fascinating to me because this is another one I don't know. And they have shifted yet again from the prior album, uh, Supreme Immortal Art. They are clearer and cleaner. Uh, it's, 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 it's slicing. It's, it's, it's a lot mm-hmm. more in your face, uh, a lot more rabid. Uh, they are kind of getting back to the roots. But what's interesting about this band in 99, especially a band like Abigor, who, you know, there, there's a lot, there, there are more bad bands in symphonic, quote unquote, symphonic black metal than good. Uh, Emperor are great. Uh, there are others that are great. This band is great with their symphonic stuff, their keyboards, their sort of classical leanings. But what they did in the at the end of the 90s was not what, was usually happening in black metal if you had any symphonic leaning which mm. was to go way more symphonic right <laughs> to, to yeah, slicken they, it up uh, to yeah. class it up and what what they did was get not only raw but i'd say more experimental i mean there's there's certainly stuff on that song that uh is strange unusual again very left field uh, wondering what you think of it as somebody obviously who knows this album way better than i do yeah like so when i got into it i was really kind of struck by the brutality of it and taken as a whole it it definitely is a shift away from the more i guess more orthodox symphonics of supreme and and yeah it's it's like a breadcrumb breadcrumb trail um because you know the experimental pieces of it aren't so explicit but but they're they're there but but yeah it, it's they actually just really ratchet up the intensity on um on channeling it's a frightening sounding record i can't it really is I, I, to get it it's it's an it, it i i enjoyed the fuck out of that listen right there just that and it's got the great um albrecht Durer artwork too yes <laughs> yeah right right uh is, is that a wood cutting it is originally yeah 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 yeah, well, wood cuttings have served black metal quite well, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, I mean, really, like the inspirational reservoir for black metal is actually pretty shallow, if you think about it. Like, yeah. you got, like you got the Bible, you've got uh, Gustave Doré, you got Lord of the Rings, yeah, wood woodcuts and ancient woodcuts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I you mean, go. you pretty much got your shit covered there. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. Hey. It, looks like, it looks like he's got um, on the cover, like a, like a big Swiffer uh, that he's going to war with. <laughs> uh, and, and then I, you know, I'm always, I'm always down with an hourglass. Yeah. Uh, but you no, know, as, as long as it's not floating. No, I kid, but this is a great cover. This is another really great cover. So credit to the artist and credit to Abigor for uh, bringing this uh, back as this would be nice on vinyl. Yeah, for sure. I don't even know if it's, it might be pretty. Uh, there was it was it was I've released never... for, released for the first time on vinyl uh, according to metal sorry metal archives. I would need to check Discogs for the last word on that, but um, it looks like last year, oh, 2021, wow. okay, a, okay. a, a label right. called Rotten Relics put it out in 12 inch. So uh, well, yeah, because I looked for it on vinyl for a long time and that version. Up. So that ver- yeah, okay. that version from early last, last year. year, about a year and a half. That's uh, mm-hmm. probably worth about 80 bucks already. <laughs> bullshit you know, I, I, I blew all mine on the emperor cassette box set so you know <laughs> whatever 
you and your emperor cassette box set i love it well that's all we got that's it i mean we didn't play uh music from several records so maybe yep, and, maybe avagor 2 is coming yeah and if uh if you don't know them i i'd like to think that we um we did a, a service tonight and that uh you'll check them out more because they are truly an extraordinary band uh, I concur. I also think we had a little too much fun at their expense, but um, we, we do love them. We are, Jeff and I, yeah, if TT and PK are listening, Jeff and I are not true. We're not true. No, we're not true, but, but, I, but I will tell you this, TT, at least, let's talk some stupid dream, the three of us. Okay, let's do it. Let's TT. get together. Let's have a round table on stupid dream. We'll make it an episode. Find out how they got together. Find out how Porcupine Tree got together, have a beer, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, episode 86 of Radical Research. This is going to be fun and interesting. A while back, we put out feelers for dear and constant listeners to send us 10 snippets that are unlabeled and unknown to us. Uh, if they know us through correspondence or our playlist, if they know what we listen to, give us something we that Hunter and I don't know at all. There's a lot of music out there that we don't know that I'm sure is great uh, and interesting to people like us. Um, we, we chose Forrest Pitts, who's been in our life off and on in different capacities for years. We have corresponded in our different ways, haven't we, Hunter? Yeah, I, I, um, it's one of my life goals to meet Forrest Pitts. Yeah, absolutely. So he um, is he, a truly unique mind and and absolutely awesome guy based on the correspondences i've had with him i'm certain of that yeah. um but he yeah so we're going to go over these snippets blind we're going to listen to an entire episode blind partly to guess what it is partly to just take it apart and see what we think and um and to thank forrest for allowing us a little a mystery episode so we're going to do that full-blown on episode 86 i hope you won't skip that one i think it's actually gonna be kind of fun and special yeah i do too all right take care hunter uh i love you bro and love uh, you you better be salting your watermelon next time i see you <laughs>